Hi, we've got three stories from Curiosity.com to help you get smarter in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about a novel that describes science fiction tropes decades before anyone else, how the average American household spends its money, and why some people are born with their organs reversed. Let's satisfy some curiosity. All right, Ashley, what percent of your income would you guess you spend on food? Oh, gosh, too much. <laughs> if they had to throw out a number, any idea? 10, 15%. 10, 15%. Okay. All right. That's about in line with the average American. Oh, okay. Yeah. Curiosities Today wrote about how the average American household spends its money. And we got this info from a recent report from the Bureau of Labor Statistics, which looked at data from 2016. And they found some changes in spending habits from the previous year. So you can get all these numbers on Curiosity.com or on the Curiosity app for Android or iOS. But where does most of the money go? Housing. If you're the average American, then that's 25% of your spending. Next is actually transportation at 12% of your spending, then food at 10%. The study also looked at spending compared to the previous year. And in 2016, the average American spent more than they did in 2015 on every category but two, transportation and apparel and services. Sorry if you manufacture t-shirts. There's one thing that really stands out, and that's cash contributions to charity. The average American household spent more than $2,000 on cash contributions to charity in 2016, and that's an increase from the previous year of 14.4%. That's nearly double the next highest spending increase. So people spent way more, more money in 2016 than 2015 on any other category. So why so much? There are two interesting theories. First, there's a thing called rage philanthropy. A hundred days after the 2016 presidential election, Democratic voters said they planned to give about 50% more than they usually would. But according to MarketWatch, that might have been a relatively small factor. They say the increase is because of a well-known phenomenon. Donations increase when the economy improves. And at the end of 2016, the stock market was higher than ever. Either way, giving to charity is good, so no complaints here. I did look into that for the election of Obama, if the reverse was true, if Republicans donated more to charity, and they didn't, but the economy was it the worst it's been. We were in a recession. So that kind of lines up with what MarketWatch was saying. There you go. Yeah. Speaking of how you spend your money, want to save some money on groceries? Well, we've got a special offer from today's sponsor, whose mission is to make healthy living easy and affordable for everyone. That means you can save money on your food and groceries. That would be great because I've been on a tea kick lately and I'm spending probably way too much money on Yogi Brands tea, which I'm sure you've heard of. I have. I don't think I've seen it sold for less than what I pay for it when I order from our sponsor, Thrive Market. They're an online retailer that sells thousands of healthy products from your favorite brands at wholesale prices and you can get everything shipped straight to your door. You can search for groceries and other products based on your diet, whether you want food that's gluten-free, vegan, kosher. You can shop for up to 90 different values. And we're not just talking about healthy meals here. They've got nutritious snacks, too. Nuts are one of my go-to snacks, and they can get expensive. On Thrive Market, you can get a full pound bag of cashews, almonds, pumpkin seeds, sunflower seeds, walnuts, all sorts of nuts for up to 44% off the price you'd usually find in your local store. Man, you're going nuts for those snacks. <laughs> I am. <laughs> well, you can save money on your next grocery trip by going to thrivemarket.com curiosity and get 25% off your first order plus a free 30-day trial. No code necessary. Discount applied at checkout. Thrive Market's prices are already up to 50% off. On top of that, Curiosity podcast listeners can visit thrivemarket.com slash curiosity to get 25% off your first order plus a free 30-day trial. Everybody wins. Sign up today. Okay, Cody, I know you're a big sci-fi nerd. 
What science fiction do you think most accurately predicted the world we live in today? I mean, Star Trek immediately comes to mind, right, with communicators and iPads and all that stuff. Sure, but we're also not, like, living on starships. Yet. I would say that the sci-fi book that nailed it is one from 1937. I've talked about this before on the podcast and how obsessed I am with it. And today we wrote about it on Curiosity.com. It's called Star Maker by Olaf Stapledon. And it predicted a ton of stuff. The book is about a human who finds himself transported out of his body and onto a journey through the cosmos. He learns the true history of the universe while he's traveling through time and space. Along the way, he runs into lots of different civilizations. Some are utopian. Others have self-destructed. But every time he meets a new one, he telepathically merges with one of its beings until he's a collection of consciousnesses that travels freely through the cosmos. Eventually, he meets the Star Maker, the creator of the universe, who sees all the suffering in the universe as necessary in the big picture of things. If that sounds pretty deep, that's because Olaf Stapledon was a philosopher and psychology lecturer at Liverpool University. It's said that he was actually disappointed to learn that his book was classified as science fiction and not philosophy, but it's had a major impact. Theoretical physicist Freeman Dyson cited the book in a scientific paper. Writer Jorge Luis Borges called it a prodigious novel. So obviously, it predicted the Dyson sphere, which we've talked about on this show before. But it also introduced the idea of alternate dimensions, or a multiverse. Star Maker also includes a version of the Prime Directive from Star Trek, which is the guiding principle of the Federation that says not to interfere with the natural development of alien civilizations. And then there are also themes of panpsychism, the overview effect, and other far-reaching concepts. It's all in a book with fewer than 300 pages, which was written before the invention of Velcro. I highly recommend it. So we'll include a link to buy it in today's show notes. All right, Ashley, which side of your body is your heart on? The left, right? Usually. But that's actually not always the case. Today you'll learn why, because Curiosity wrote about a rare genetic disorder called situs inversus. It's a 1 in 10,000 condition that puts all of your organs on the opposite side of your body. Your heart leans towards the right instead of your left. Your liver is on the left instead of the right. And your spleen is where your liver should be. The thing is, your organs will probably work just fine. You might not even realize there's a problem unless you go searching for a heartbeat with a stethoscope and you can't pin down where it's supposed to be. People with this condition can live a perfectly healthy life. But there's one catch. If they end up needing an organ transplant, that organ might be facing the wrong way. Not fun. But here's a fun fact. Enrique Iglesias, Catherine O'Hara, and Donny Osmond all have situs inversus. In fact, Donny Osmond's doctor almost didn't diagnose him with appendicitis because he didn't expect the appendix to be on the left. You can read more about this condition and some of its other medical quirks, in addition to some pop culture context, on Curiosity.com and on the Curiosity app for Android and iOS. Coming up this weekend, we have even more great articles coming your way in addition to our first ever Sunday edition of this podcast. Ashley, what can people read about this weekend? Saturday, you'll learn about how you can stress your bones to strengthen them, a traditional deep-sea canoe that went around the world without a compass, and why scientists taught a jumping spider to jump on command, and more. Plus, like I already mentioned, you can now catch this podcast six days a week, and this weekend you'll be able to hear our first-ever Sunday edition. It'll be a couple minutes longer than usual and the perfect way to start your Sunday or end it or listen to whenever. Join Ashley and me to learn something new in a super casual, fun format that we are sure you will enjoy. And if there's something you're curious about, then email us a question about anything at all, and I might answer it on Sunday's episode. 
Just send it to podcast at curiosity.com and we'll try to satisfy your curiosity. And if you have a suggestion for this Ashley Answers segment, email that to us as well to podcast at curiosity.com. Join us again Sunday to learn something new in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Have a great weekend and stay curious. On the Westwood One Podcast Network.